Welcome to the Canine PT Academy Podcast. Business lessons for canine rehabilitation therapists. Introducing your host, Dr. Francisco Maya. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you're at in this world. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Canine PT Academy Podcast, Business Lessons for Canine Rehabilitation Therapists. This week is Halloween. I know here in the United States, you know, it's pretty big. I know it's different in different areas of the world. I know growing up in Brazil, we, we, we really didn't uh, have Halloween. It was very little compared to what it is in the United States. So, it's, it, you know, it's not like I have memories of being a kid and going trick-or-treating kind of like stuff. So, Halloween was not necessarily like a like a holiday that, uh, you know, I really look forward to, you know, like Christmas and something like that. But it has taken a new meaning now being a parent, you know, and, and, and having, you know, fun with it. Uh, Susie loves uh, Bluey, the, 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 the show on Disney Plus here in the United States. It's, uh, if you guys haven't watched Bluey, by the way, it's, it's really good even if you don't have kids. It's a cartoon that is very adult-centered with its stories, short seven, eight-minute episodes. And of course, you know with dogs being the center of it, it makes for a fun show, to be quite honest. But she absolutely loves that show, and Bingo is her favorite character, so we got her a Bingo costume, and she looked very cute with it, and uh, it's been, you know, so so that's the part that it has been very fun, just seeing how happy she was, even though she's just two, so it's not like she really understands and goes trick or treating or something like that but it was still like a very fun part of it so i hope you guys got to enjoy halloween uh, uh, uh whatever you are got to eat plenty of candy for me you know i have a very sweet tooth for those who know me so that's definitely my favorite part of something like halloween it's actually going to the store on November 1st and buying the Halloween candy at 50-75% discount. That is my favorite part of it. But today, with the podcast for today, we're going to be talking about how do we compete with corporate clinics, all right? And recently, I have met with quite a few different individuals under different circumstances and have heard, you know, through those stories and, and conversations of situations regarding uh, corporate veterinary medicine and the field of canine rehab. And from what I can gather, and, and maybe, you know, some of you guys listening to this podcast today even have a, a, a personal experience with it, but from what I have gathered is major corporations, especially here in the United States, corporations that have been, you know, buying out veterinary clinics and whatnot, are getting to the point of shutting down their rehab departments. Or if not at that point yet, they're kind of like putting the pressure on their rehab team to show that rehab can indeed be a profitable venture for them. And that led me to reflect a little bit on it and share some of my thoughts on it to our Incubator Mastermind students a few weeks ago. And what I wanted to do today's podcast episode is take a small part of what I shared with them to share with you all. Uh, First, yes, canine rehabilitation can be profitable, but it's going to require a much different business model than what corporations are used to. And they either don't see it or they choose not to see it 
because it is, at least for me, as clear as day that taking the traditional veterinary business model and just plugging that in into a rehab clinic, it's simply not going to work. If nothing else, from my perspective, animal rehab clinics have to be more or less following a similar business model that human physical therapy clinics or chiropractic clinics that are out of network run to grow their business. And then if needed, to sprinkle some additional services that, you know, we can provide on top of it. Like, let's say, for example, if you are a veterinarian and have a rehab vet on your team, something like regenerative medicine, you know, could be something like that. Um, but, you know, it, that can add to the to the revenue kind of like bottom line, which, but of course, the main thing to keep in mind is not adding things to the business, just, uh, 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 just to add it if it's not going to help the patients. Because that's sometimes what I see even, you know, my human PT friends, but even in our world, it's like, well, how about you add this? How about you add that to generate a rough revenue? It's like, well, it's okay to add that if you truly believe, you know, that it's something that is going to provide a positive value for what you have to bring. Otherwise, then we should reflect that. Is that really necessary? Now, let me be clear here that my model, my Francisco Maya, my model of making rehab work from a business perspective is not the only model. And there are folks out there teaching how to make animal rehab work in many different models in many different ways. But just so we're clear on what that means to me, this is my ideal model to make animal rehab work. First, we got to focus on a low volume clinic with a focus on extremely high customer experience and patient care. Low volume with a focus on extremely high customer experience and patient care. Right? And I, th I think a lot of us PTs that get into this field understand that because a lot of us are coming from corporate healthcare where it is a high volume, where PTs are getting asked to see uh, anywhere from like 15 to 18, 20 plus patients a day. Well, you know, which it's, it can be done, but it can, it's definitely gonna lead to burnout. And that's the reason why a lot of them are looking to make a career change, right? So focus on high volume, it's not gonna be something that is gonna make things sustainable in the long run. So then how do we build a business model that focuses on low volume, but with an extremely high customer experience and patient care? That's the first thing. The second thing, which it does tie up uh, a little bit to the first thing as well, is charging appropriately for the level of service that we provide. Right? For you to be a low volume clinic, meaning a busy day for you is maybe you seeing six, seven patients, then that also means you got to charge appropriately for that level of service that you provide. And then figure it out with your marketing, how you're going to attract the clients who understand that, but even most importantly, how you relay that message to, so folks understand that just because you offer rehab, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're offering the same type of rehab that they could get for half of the price down the street from you. And then the third thing that I believe in our model 
is the no bells no uh, and whistles like we focus on what we do best and we partner with other specialists and clinics that can offer other services that complement what we do right so i don't need to keep adding all these bells and whistles to the clinic i don't need to keep buying the newest piece of equipment i don't need to keep adding all these additional services if it's not congruent with the business model that i want to follow what i would rather do then is partner with a clinic with a specialist that can provide those services and i can refer out for that to get done and then they refer back to me for rehab right so it becomes like a mutual beneficial kind of like relationship with it too right because i feel sometimes in the field of animal rehab there is this misconception that like oh we got to have all the fancy equipment we got to have the brand new underwater treadmill and the most expensive class 4 laser and this brand new shockwave machine and we got to have this and we got to have that right and the interesting thing is that i've been around this field now for uh 9 years now and it's just interesting to see things cycling over and some of those some of you i mean have been in the field even longer than I have but the biggest example I can think about is the whole digital thermal imaging thing like i remember at some point back in 2016 or so like that was the biggest thing every clinic wanted to get a digital thermal imaging and it was getting sold as how it helps you diagnose the real part of the issue and helps you visually have something that you can show to the pet owner on what is wrong on how things look better afterwards and this and that and those uh, 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 units were getting sold for I remember anywhere between like 20 to 30,000. And I remember thinking to myself at that point in time it's like does this really change what I do as a canine physical therapist? Does it really add benefit to my patient and for me the answer was no and it was just interesting to see years later not only like you really don't hear people talking much if at all about those units anymore but it was just interesting to see even through the years those same units hitting eBay hitting like you know the market of like someone who bought that for 20 to $30,000 and now they're just trying to sell for uh 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 for and dimes basically just because he had been sitting around and they weren't using it for anything right so that's what i mean by the no bells and whistles and really evaluating if adding a service if adding a modality truly is needed for your business and really aligns with what you want from your business model basically so hopefully that makes sense and hopefully now it is clear on my business model and and what i believe to be and like i said it doesn't mean this is the only way to build an animal rehab clinic but it is the way that it has worked for me it is the way that it have worked for dozens of my students and this is not to say too that i haven't coached or have a consultant people that have chosen to to add more to it people who have added pools to their um clinic who have like you know truly expanded their services and stuff i think it's just a matter of figuring out what is that we want from it right but then going back to the topic from today the question becomes how do we stand out from corporate with the models that i believe to work for us in our field and during the incubator mastermind call with my students 
I shared with them 10 ways that I thought we can stand out from corporate. And I picked a few of them that I wanted to share with you guys today on this podcast. The first one is that we, the small business owner, rehabpreneur, can make quick decisions to pivot and change rather than having to go through red tape and bureaucracy. And the, the interesting part of a few of those folks that you know I've talked to and had discussions and stuff over the last few months and learned more about what's going on with uh, corporate veterinary medicine and animal rehab is that some of those folks were tasked by management to basically present to them a business plan on how to make rehab profitable so they can then decide if they're going to keep it as a service. Right? But when you really think about it and I don't if you are in that situation, please I don't don't take this as a, a, you know something disheartening or anything like that. I truly, you know, mean well, but I want you to be able to see from the corporate perspective too because who is to say that they're actually willing to listen to that plan? Who is to say that they won't just close the rehab department anyways and they have already actually made up their mind on it but they're just waiting to really pull the plug on it right because if you really look from a corporate perspective would it make more sense to take that let's say 2,000 square foot or whatever they have in their facility to offer that to expand their surgical rooms to add whatever other source of revenue they can add in, 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 in other specialties of veterinary medicine or even general practice medicine, that it is on a square footage basis going to generate them more revenue than rehab would. Right? We as rehabpreneurs can make quick decisions and adapt and change and pivot rather fast because we don't have to go through red tape and bureaucracy. So that's one way that we can really stand out from it. The second way is that we control the message that we're trying to get across to our target audience. And we understand that the message is about the solution to their problems and not about the modalities of service that we have to offer. And if you have taken any of my trainings, if you have watched any of my webinars, even if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know that is the foundation of the marketing that I've been teaching for years now. That we can't be focusing on rehab, we can't be focusing on the modalities of service that we offer, otherwise it's going to become very hard for you to, to distinguish yourself from the competition. But if you really look at the corporates around us and you look at their websites, what it is that they're doing? They're making it about them. They're making it about their services. They're making it about the brand new piece of equipment that they have. They're making it about what they do and not necessarily about how they can help the pet owner. And that goes even beyond their website. It gets across on their social media, even if they have any, on their marketing materials, their brochures, on a phone call, if someone, if a potential client calls to speak to them on the phone. Like it gets carried across through the whole process, through the whole customer journey. 
you know so we tend to fear sometimes they're like well but larger corporations have the support from management they have a whole marketing department within the corporation that can help support the clinics and yes they do have a marketing department but even then they still don't get that and to be honest it's likely not the marketing department's fault as i'm sure there are people in there that have a true background in marketing that are trying to change stuff but once again they're unable to change stuff because they get caught with the red tape in the bureaucracy that we mentioned before does that make sense so that's the second way that we can stand out from corporate and then the third way is that we rehabpreneurs and solopreneurs we own our mistakes and we understand that mistakes will be made but from those mistakes we're going to learn lessons and we're going to fail forward let me say that again we own our mistakes and we understand that mistakes will be made but from those mistakes we learn lessons and we fail forward and i have talked about this before i think i even had a podcast about it recently too that i shared that personally one of the things i love the most about being in charge as an entrepreneur is the fact that my mistakes are mine alone and i don't have to respond to anyone else about it they're mine alone and i can live with that and i can learn from those mistakes now is it the same with corporate clinics do they own their share of the mistakes or do they tend to pass along the blame right do they understand the mistakes with the business model that they're trying to explain the uh, implement or do they pass along the blame to the rehab department saying that you guys cannot make this work do they allow us to learn from our mistakes and make the changes necessary as we learn from them or do they put red tape and bureaucracy to prevent us from being able to learn from it and move forward right so hopefully you see even with just those three things how we we can really stand out from any corporate clinic and i truly believe that the future of animal rehab really lies on small independent standalone rehab and integrative clinics i really do feel because i don't think corporations truly get it and i don't think they will because it's not on their interest to to get it they're in the business of kind of like making money for management and for their shareholders and unfortunately that means that rehab the way it's got to be run is very rarely going to fit that model right but the last thing i actually share with our incubator students is that the biggest difference and leverage that we have as entrepreneurs is actually the fact that we have each other we have each other's back especially with our incubator mastermind group we have a tight group where we have each other's back because for me one of the most disheartening things through these conversations was to see how unsupported some of those individuals 
are feeling right now with corporate. And like I mentioned before, it was placed on them the burden to have to prove corporate wrong. And do we think corporate is going to want it to be proved wrong? Right. So that's a really tough position to be in. And I do sympathize if you're currently going through that position. And if you want to talk more about it, please do not hesitate to email, send me a DM, whatever way it is. Like, I'll help you. I'll help guide you as best as I can. Because business ownership is definitely not easy. But at least we have each other to support. And the only person that we have to prove wrong is ourselves and not anyone else. Not management, not corporation or anyone else. The only person that every day I have to prove wrong is myself. That we can do this. That we can grow a rehab clinic. That we can be profitable, successful and sustainable. Thank you for listening to another episode of the K9PT Academy podcast, Business Lessons for K9 Rehabilitation Therapist. If you enjoyed what we had to say, please make sure to share or subscribe to our podcast or even leave us a review. You can also email us at hello at K9PTAcademy.com. That's hello at K9PTAcademy.com with any questions or suggestions. And go to K9PTAcademy.com to find more resources and content, including our fee calculator spreadsheet, which is absolutely free and will help you determine how much you should be charging for your sessions. Because let's face it, determining what we should be charging is one of the biggest struggles we have as business owners in the K9 rehabilitation field. You can also find all of that information and more under the show notes. Finally, I would just like to add a disclaimer that any of my thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are mine and mine alone, and in no way reflect the opinion or position of any other organization or company I may be associated with. Thank you for listening, and remember, if you're not having fun and enjoying life or running your business, then what's the point in doing so? So please go ahead and start having some fun.